Welcome to the Tradey Success Podcast by Annette Wellsford, founder of Common Sense Marketing and Tradey Marketing Secrets. Annette's on a mission to help honest, hard-working tradies like you to become marketing geniuses. So you end up spending less time on the tools and more time growing a great business. Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of the Tradey Success Podcast. I'm here today with Gabrielle Pinchev, who is the CEO of Field Pulse. What is Field Pulse? Well, it's a company that he started back in 2015 because he wanted to give all kinds of service business owners, particularly tradies, an easy way to manage their day-to-day jobs, things like quoting, scheduling, customer communications, all that kind of stuff right from their iPad um, or their phone. And he's, he's going to tell us what prompted him. It's quite an interesting little story on what prompted him to create this company. He's based in Dallas in Texas, um, but he has a worldwide team of 50 or so people looking after thousands of service businesses, including a lot of tradies who are based in the US, Australia and New Zealand. In fact, um, he's got a team of seven um, in Australia, in Collingwood, in Melbourne. And uh, they've also teamed up as a premier partner of the plumbing supplies business, Reese, which we all know. So he's here today to talk to us about the money side of running a trade business. Things like quoting, selling, invoicing, the stuff that many tradies hate doing. Welcome, Gabriel. All right. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, so you want to hear a little bit about the background and stories. I'm happy to share that. So um, for me, um, I was working as an IT consultant in the mobility space, specifically in uh, small business apps um, and solutions. And at the same time, I was dealing with lots of um, contractors, as we call it in the US, or tradies and service businesses uh, on the personal side, including um, different aspects of my home, um, replacing patio doors, electrical, plumbing stuff. Um, and I noticed a bunch of them were not using any technology and creating um, a bunch of different mistakes that could have been avoided. And the one that jumps out to me and was kind of the aha moment was uh, when I was having a door replaced and um, he sat on my floor and hand wrote an invoice or a quote um, and then it turned out the math was wrong. So he got back on my floor and redid it from scratch. Um, and I took a photo of it and that's the one that's on the site in our story. Um, yeah. And that was kind of the moment like, man, there's gotta be a better way than that. And so um, we, we wanted to create a software that was uh, designed and priced for the small um, service business market. Uh, we knew there are solu- solutions for much larger companies. But yeah. we wanted something that's well suited for the smaller of the market that has a great mobile um, application so that you can run your business uh, from anywhere um, as well as a computer application but really uh, the primary focus early on was giving tools to run run your business out in the field cool all right that's yeah that's a that's a great story and does he know that he was the catalyst for starting this wonderful business? <laughs> no, I haven't. I should show him the photo on the site, yeah. but I haven't uh, haven't reconnected with that. So um, let's have a talk about. I'm, I'm glad that you do specialize in the smaller, um, you know, service businesses because that's who we predominantly look after as well. 
Um, what do you see, and I know, I know you've had a lot to do, you know, with them over the years, what do you see as some of the issues um, that new service business startups face? Yeah, um, new businesses coming in are very interesting. Um, it's something we work with a lot. And ultimately, um, it depends on how they get started. A lot of them were in the trade and were tradesmen or tradies and um, worked the job and then decided, hey, I can do this as a business myself and go out. And from there, it's really how do you turn a job into a business? Um, and those are two very different things that you need to get in a different mindset that we'd see often people fail at where they say, hey, I'm taking my job um, and turning that into a company or business, but they're really just owning a job rather than a business. And that starts with looking at how um, you look at true costs as a company and um, looking at your margins and how you bill. And because you're, you're no longer just a wage earner within a company, you're now looking at the entire company and the costs associated with owning and running a business. Um, and as your business starts to grow and you're beyond three, four, five people, then you have to really look at the business and, and take a step back and say, hey, um, if I left for a week, would this business continue to operate and run well? Um, and then I think that's how you look at and say, yes, now I have a business that can run versus owning a job and being embedded in it. Um, and ultimately, a lot of it comes down to looking at cost basis, looking at margin and um, getting out of the pricing mindset as someone who does purely hours and materials um, for pricing jobs, but really looking at all the overhead involved in a business, the customer acquisition cost, people overhead, um, your billable hours versus non-billable hours. For example, plumbers typically have about four billable hours a day. And you have to take that into account when you're paying based off of different rates and how you charge the customer. Um, and then ultimately that boils down to uh, presentation as well. Well, just while we're on that topic, let's um, have, a, have a get your opinion on, um, on pricing structures. So I know there's, you know, most of us when we first start out, we think of cost plus as you know the best way to oh okay so i think it's going to cost me about 30 dollars. so let's just put 100 percent on that yeah so let's make it 60. so that's kind of a cost plus way of doing it um versus a fixed price style um and any other pricing models what do you see working the best for um different trading type of businesses yeah, it really depends on the type of work you do in the industry, which is fine um, from let's say we're looking at like a maintenance plumber, for example, I think the strongest change we see is when you get out of a reactive billing where you're looking at the end of the job and then saying, okay, how many hours did I take? What materials did I use? And then charging off that. Um, the strongest businesses we see are the ones who are able to create a fixed price quote ahead of time. And they account for things such as uh, materials they will use, um, labor and markup and overhead, um, and being able to present a fixed price ahead of time based off all the things you've learned and know from the work you do, um, you can typically also get a higher margin because you're not giving the customer an uncertain price that's based off of what happens. You're saying, here's the price, here it is, and it gives you an opportunity to also sell it up front. Um, and so this is also commonly used in flat rate price books 
where essentially you're, you're standardizing your pricing based off those same inputs, uh, but you're able to allocate a higher margin because you're getting the customer to agree to it upfront at a fixed price and they don't have to worry about the uncertainty. Um, and you're not necessarily breaking down labor rates because uh, consumers, quite frankly, get scared of labor rates. Um, they hear um, uh, hourly costs and things like that, and they always think they're exorbitant, but they don't really understand um, that uh, trades don't have 40 billable hours a week. Typically, you have just a limited amount. And so you can't you can't bill at $30 an hour like sometimes these customers expect. You typically have to bill very high. And so when we look at in Australia at pricing, um, we see that you might even end up being as high as $180 an hour when you take into account both the cost of the employee, but then also the overhead on top of them. And that's a critical aspect that you have to include. And so when you can bundle all that into a fixed price and present that to a customer upfront, it's very powerful. And also part of just the sales process with the customer. Okay. So yeah, that's good advice. Um, and I guess that also would translate across from other trades apart from plumbers um, and HVAC. What about, you know, like cleaning businesses or um, landscapers or cleaners, or sorry, I said cleaners, um, painters? Yeah. Yeah, one of the, the biggest things I see is that, um, first of all, you don't want to be competing on price. Um, it's difficult to have a winning business, a profitable business, a growing business. If you're always competing on price, you need to compete on value and demonstrating that value. Um, and it's easier said than done. And I think a lot of tradies have difficulty showcasing the value and what makes them different. Um, and often they don't try to either. So a common thing we see is that um, they say, okay, here's my price. Do you want to do the job? Yes or no. And then when you look at that, um, then the only thing they can compare you off is price. So how do you show the expertise? How do you show why you're worth the money? Um, the other part of that is the reality that ultimately um, consumers can't always tell that you're going to provide quality work. Um, and even if you can demonstrate it, it's, it's hard for them to ascertain that. But what they can see is reliability, punctuality, professional um, this, uh, cleanliness, um, speed delivery, all those aspects um, that are very important. And those are often underrated from the trade perspective, but are typically the number one thing for the consumer side when they look at these businesses. How quickly did they get me that quote? Were they even able to get it to me on the spot? A lot of times the first quote will win um, and they won't linger and wait for other ones. And so ultimately, um, those are big factors that I think um, can uh, really help their businesses getting those aspects in, in, the, in the right place. Oh, and that's music to my ears because, as you know, Gabrielle, we, we provide uh, websites and, and marketing services to tradies all over Australia and New Zealand. And, yes, that's the first thing we do is, uh, on, when we're crafting their messaging for them in their on their website and in their emails and social media is is always around service and and the quality of customer service and in fact when you look at all the customer reviews that um, yeah. a company will have no one ever talked about oh this company's fantastic because they're the cheapest no one 
they always talk about, oh, they were so polite, they turned up on time, they did a fantastic job. Uh, when one thing was not quite right, they were back immediately. It's yeah. always about the, the customer service and the value. Yeah. Exactly. And I, like, no, and I, and I like talking about that. Yeah, I like the last thing you said too, is that when there's an obstacle that they came back and uh, made it right. Um, and that's something that we also look at at Field Pulse and I tell my customer success team is that, um, sure, sometimes customers have bugs or they have a problem or whatever, um, but for you, that's an opportunity to showcase our great service and support and use that an opportunity to win the customer over, even though they might be dealing with some little issue or trouble, it's now your chance to put a stamp on it and say, hey, uh, we took care of it, we took care of you, we made sure you were heard, we made sure it was addressed quickly. Um, and then it turns a negative experience into something more positive than if they even never had that experience. That's true. And I, yeah. and I think that there's a huge opportunity that, for that with service businesses and trades. You have it, they, you messed something up, you didn't do something right. If you come in with a great attitude and fixing it and apologetic and can take care of it, people remember that. Um, and it, and it they tell go. everyone. And, and may, basically, you know, 70, 80% of, a good trade business is new new business will come from referrals. Oh yeah. The first thing we do is go, oh, anyone know a plumber, you know, or anyone know electric? And it goes up on your local Facebook group, you ask your friends and neighbors. And only after everyone says no, do you look online and go find one mm. and then start reading reviews. So it's all due to down to, to that, isn't it? Um, yeah. And I'm a firm believer that the best trades businesses and any business, but the best trades businesses grow on great word of mouth oh, um, because not only is it basically free, which is amazing, but you'll notice that your word of mouth referrals will convert at a significantly higher rate than ones that come in um, through like a paid ad necessarily. Um, and so you can help foster that and curate that, but basically, um, word of mouth when these customers come in um, a lot of times they're ready to buy because of that um, referral and it allows you to command a higher price because of that as well a word from our sponsor instant tradie websites tradies you know you need a good website so you can promote your business and generate more inquiries week after week but what if you don't have thousands to spend on it and no time or clue on how to build it yourself well, problem is now solved. You can create your own with one of the stunning instant tradie website designs. It'll be yours to keep on your domain name and the team at instant tradie websites will host it. They'll keep it secure. They'll show you how to add your content. They'll help you edit it and help you launch it to the world. That can even help you with low cost marketing so that your new site is easily found online. Find out more at instanttradywebsites.com.au now and check out the beautiful designs and low fees. So just um, exploring that a little bit further, um, doing the quoting and the estimating is one of those horrible tasks that they tend to um, put off until, you know, the end of the day at night after dinner, oh, yeah, I better go on the computer and work out this quote. And, you know, sometimes it can take days to get done because it's just too onerous. Meanwhile, somebody else has been in and in quoted faster. How, how can that pain be 
um, minimised and quotes done quicker and accurately and got to the customer quickly? What's the process and how can they, you know, follow up and and stand out from all the other quotes, if you like? Yeah, I would say first and foremost, um, one of the most important thing when it comes to quotes is timeliness. Um, and often the faster you can deliver it, the more likely you are to win the job. Um, and uh, you, a lot of people don't realize how slow some trades businesses are at getting their quotes to them. And it loses them a lot of business. And being the faster one can often be the differentiator that wins it. Um, not only does it show the uh, reliability and the timeliness and all that, but sometimes people don't want to mess around. Um, recently, I had uh, a carpet replaced. I only did took one quote. They were fast. They turned it around. I didn't want to deal with the rest. I signed it and moved on. Um, and ultimately, and not everyone's like that. Some people want 20 quotes and those are horrible customers. But, um, <laughs> but uh, the reality is some people don't want to deal with a lot. And if you can show them that you are the right one, um, sometimes you can even do one, um, close them on the spot, which is even more powerful. And uh, the way you can do this, um, and I don't want to go too much into talking about Field Pulse necessarily, but is really using tools that let you create it very quickly and automated on the spot, like software. So yeah. in, in tools like Field Pulse, um, you have all your items already in the database. Um, you can pre-create quotes based on what you're looking at. Um, you can use price book tools like we have where you're actually pre-doing all the jobs and what they should cost based off of assumptions. You can always modify them a bit. Um, and so you're coming with a book and a flat rate price book and you're showcasing the customer. This is how much it costs to do this work um, and being able to do that on the spot. And then you can also um, overcome objections that way and really handle the interface there um, really goes a long way in doing that. But ultimately, um, digital or quotes and invoices really let you make them much faster and reuse elements um, that already exist. In fact, you can even duplicate quotes that you've done previously that are very similar and just modify them. Um, so yeah. it lets you get them out really quickly rather than having to redo each one by hand or in an Excel doc or something like that and send it out. Um, and we actually advocate for our customers, if you can quote on the spot with your customer, you should because um, it gives you much better chance of converting as you can also um, talk through the quote with them and handle objections. That's really, really, really good advice because, um, as as we mentioned earlier, uh, the the quoting and sales side of things is two two jobs that just oh, would rather be on the tools kind of thing. But you know, um, you got to sell, or you're not having any money coming in. So, how how do you you know, when you're talking to all your customers and that, and they're like, yeah, okay, all right, I, we will, you know, use the system to, to, to do the quotes, but, you know, I really hate selling. How do you, what kind of advice do you give them to get over that? Yeah, this is one of the number one things I'm really big on is that um, you need to sell. And I think sell and sales feels like a dirty word to a lot of people yep. um, and they hate that, but sales and salesmanship isn't necessarily about tricking or doing something manipulative um, it's really about putting your best foot forward and showcasing your value that you can deliver versus others and so i cannot stress enough about how many businesses we see 
really don't take sales seriously and the aspect of that. And, and like I mentioned earlier, a lot of them, they say, okay, here's my quote. You want to do it? Let me know. But it's just, you're going to, you're not getting as much business as you can and you're not converting as high of a margin as you can as if you really take the time to present why you're different, why you're better. Um, and, uh, and ultimately making a case for it. And then the second part is really the follow-up and it's so important. And there are so many businesses that don't follow up. Um, and people sometimes just lollygag on projects or they, ah, okay, whatever. But sometimes just following up on them, they'll be like, okay, let's do it. And then you'll move forward. And it makes such a big difference, but we see so many businesses that don't follow up on your estimates. You should be following up until they tell you no. Um, and even after they tell you no, you should dig a little deeper as to why. But until you get a no, you should be following up. Um, and that's not, that's, I don't think it's a bad thing. It's uh, people forget about things, they sit on things, whatever. Um, but I promise you, you'll win more deals if you continue to follow up when you don't. Um, and if you try to make a case as to why you're better. And um, on that topic of, of how, how to showcase why you're good or why you provide value or how you provide value, I think it's really difficult in the business. Um, and I talked about this before with others, but essentially if you're doing some work and you gave the example of painting, for example, how do you tell them that you are the better painter? How do you tell someone that you are the better electrician or HVAC company or um, plumbing or really any trade? How do you showcase that? It's very difficult to do that. Uh, maybe you can take them to sample sites, unlikely to do that unless it's a very large project. Um, but one of the things I've found that really helps with that is explaining the steps that you take when you're doing the work and what you look out for. And to you as a tradie, it sounds elementary. It sounds really basic. It's something you do every time and it sounds like a no brainer, but for the consumer, it's often not. And it's something they don't know and something they don't realize. And just pointing out something that is basic in your space that you're showcasing and you do every time and it's like a given can, can, can be to the, to the customer something that says, oh, they look out for that. I like that they're thinking about these proactive things. And I promise you, most of your competitors are not doing that. And it can be very basic. It can be like uh, when we're painting, we uh, do this type of prep work and we secure XYZ and we do this and we make sure to use this type of paint, whatever. And again, it sounds elementary to you as a business owner because it's basic. But I promise you, unless you're getting a customer that is very experienced in your trade, uh, they're not going to know that. And But it gives you credibility and shows that you're thinking about things and you're not just coming here to slap and whatever on the wall. That's a really good point, Gabrielle. I'm glad you brought that up. And in fact, um, just a little story on that. We we have a painting, or, you know, out of the many clients, one of them is a painting business. And when we put a 10-step process up on their new website that we built for them. And then um, we, gave, we, we also produced that as a brochure for them to hand out on their, you know, quoting, during the quoting and estimating, this is the process that we take. Um, it did help them. Um, but quite interestingly, um, you know, some of, the cust some of the customers would say, oh, you yeah, know, that's really fantastic. And they would tell 
other painting companies about it. And they go, well, we do all that too. <laughs> well, yes, but you didn't tell well, us. Well, we didn't know that. Yeah. 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 No, that's so a great example. I really like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a great example of showcasing what you do. And again, it might be something everyone does. But the other part it does is it shows the time and effort that goes into the work to yes. represent the value and the cost. Because I know that customers often be like, ah, they're just going and doing X, Y, Z, this takes whatever. But if you can really lay out those steps, especially in your quote, you're, you're helping showing all the work. So just an example in our price book tool where we actually have a flat rate price book data set specifically for plumbers in Australia. Uh, okay. We have about 100 flat rate jobs in there. They'll be like install continuous flow water heater or um, install new toilet or uh, whatever it is. Um, we have a long description for each, uh, each job that says exactly what they do from start to finish, including the cleaning and prep work to really showcase that you're not just coming in and doing the thing, but all the steps that go into the job that cost money as a business that consumers aren't thinking about, but that helps them realize the, the true cost. Because I know um, customers always look at costs, like why is it cost so much? Why does it cost so much? And they don't realize the real inputs of a business. And it helps, um, it helps showcase that. And, and you're right. Um, the other element, which is a bit hidden, I guess, is the years of study and training and oh, yeah. skills <laughs> it took to get there. Um, you don't learn how to create a website overnight. You don't learn how to be, you know, install a, a, a complete plumbing system overnight. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a, a value with that skill and experience, particularly when things go wrong. Yeah, no, definitely. And, um, and people always say, oh, I could do it if I had time or whatever. But that's not the case. And they're calling you for a reason. Um, but it, it's hard to get across the customers. And I know that's a big issue for tradies of um, where it's hard to say, hey, like you're not just paying for time as a laborer. That's not what this is, right? You spend a lot of time learning this and um, that's a valuable skill that you don't have, obviously, because you're not doing it yourself and you need to value that. Otherwise, do it yourself, but you can't or you won't. And so here we are. But um, it's definitely it something properly, that needs to be articulated. Yeah, that's right. So just on... Um, the earning side of things. So, yes, um, we help because our trade businesses owners to get, you know, leads and that sort of thing. Your systems then help them take that lead and do something with it in terms of, you know, following up with a with a on the job accurate quote um, and then communication systems and um, scheduling and you know all that sort of stuff, but. It would be good if um, I know a lot of traders would love the opportunity to be able to earn more regular income than relying on new business all the time. If you've got any sort of, you know, case studies where you've been able to help trades do that. Yeah, and I think um, it definitely depends on the trade, but a few oh. things that kind of jump out to me would be any type of recurring service or maintenance agreement with the customer. Um, and that's something we help manage and facilitate in the software and also something we help sell. Um, and if I take an industry like uh, HVAC, for example, um, you can sell your maintenance agreements, which I'm sure each, every HVAC company knows. 
Um, and it can apply to other industries too. I was talking to someone who does um, waterproofing and flashing things for like roof, um, which in Australia, interestingly, is often done with plumbers. And in the US, they're completely different. That's one of the most interesting things I found is that um, roofing is typically a completely different company that's just roofing and plumbing is completely separate. Well, in Australia, it's often uh, the same company, but ultimately they focus on flashing and waterproofing and they actually sell maintenance agreements where they come out every year to check their work and guarantee it and make sure it's still up to par. Um, and that's something that you might be able to do in your industry, depending on what you do. Um, and tools like Field Pulse help you not only sell that. So one thing, one tool we have is Good, Better, Best, or what we call a variant proposal, where you can put together packages and say, okay, here's package one, two, and three. There are different prices that offer this service. Um, and then we have what we call mains agreements that lets you manage them. And so if it's an annual one, it notifies you, okay, you have one coming up in January and it's going to notify your customer to book their appointment and he, it's going to automatically create a draft of an invoice. Um, and you can also have it auto bill as well um, and really handle your mains agreements. Because one of the problems trades have is when they do have mains agreements, it's really hard for them to stay on top of it and know when upcoming ones are due. So it gives you a list and say, here are your upcoming mains agreements that you need to go ahead and schedule and get in the books. So that would um, be perfect for, yeah, sort of getting your um, your air conditioner cleaned and checked once, you know, yeah. before the summer season hits and um, once a year and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, and I can sort of see a lot of applications of that for cleaning, for garden and maintenance, maintenance services, um, perhaps even um, painting, because um, particularly here in Queensland, our weather is just so extreme. Um, and so it doesn't matter how often you, um, you know, you might have your, all your decks done, have beautiful, and then six months later they need doing again because of the sun. So, yeah, yeah there's lots of opportunities Definitely. for different types of trades. Um, yeah. What kind of trade businesses are you finding um, are using Field Pulse? Yeah, so we find all kinds of field service companies. Um, I'd say most are between one and 20 person companies, um, but we go larger than that as well. And we have customers larger, um, but just the nature of the market. Uh, most of these companies are under 20 man shops. Uh, we get one man shops that want to organize their business, do everything and get going. Um, and then we obviously much larger companies. Um, so I, I guess I can also mention a little bit about what we do. So we're a job management software um, that is an all-in-one um, software to manage your business from job scheduling, dispatching to customer management, quotes, invoices, payments, employee timesheets, booking portals, really a ton of different stuff. And we're continuing to build more. Um, and we're solely focused on trades and service businesses. So we get all kind of field service companies. Um, and I joke that we've uh, we've even had like beehive and swarm removal companies. We've oh, had really? some um, darker things like death cleanup companies and any kind of like field service you can imagine. Um, and then uh, we're obviously, like you said, backed by the Reese Group. Um, and so we have a heavy concentration in plumbing and HVAC um, yep. as well. Okay, so that's fantastic. Um, and in fact, uh, I understand that 
because you're growing um, quite a bit in Australia and New Zealand, um, that you actually have a special offer on the table for listeners of Treaty Success. Yeah, definitely. Um, not only will we take great care of you guys with our team based in Melbourne, but um, we have a discount on monthly deals of, I believe, 10% and 20% on annuals for your customers. So um, all you yeah. have to do is um, either go through the link uh, provided. Link in the show notes, um, yeah. Yeah, she'll yeah. put the link in the notes. Or um, if you sign up for a trial on our website or schedule a demo, just mention it. Um, mention the podcast and uh, we'll be happy to attach it. Um, and you can visit us at fieldpulse.com.au. Um, our Aussie team would love to take care of you guys. So thank you. That's very generous of you. And I understand that um, you don't have to buy straight away to get the discount. You can actually get, you can actually sign up without a credit card and get a, get a trial of it. So you can see all the different things that it does and test it out first. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, seven-day free trial. Um, and we recommend doing a demo with um, one of our team members so they can showcase it and really cater the demo to your business and what you need and show you what you want before you Perfect. get going. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, I think uh, that's a bit of a wrap on the sales, marketing and money side of running a trade business, something that everybody needs to have um, under control and manage really well to stay stay profitable and grow the business. Thanks so much for all your valuable tips and your wonderful offer. Good to talk Thank to you, you, Gabrielle. Thanks for having me on. Well done for listening to this podcast. You've taken another step towards becoming a marketing genius. Visit tradiesuccess.com.au to grab the transcript of this podcast and other useful marketing goodies and take some sort of marketing action today.